I'm reminded of Revelation 4.11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. God made us to praise His name. So today, let's praise the name of Jesus and give Him thanks, for He alone is worthy to receive our praise. I'm so glad to be here today and to be able to share with you this Christmas season. I determined several weeks ago to preach on the subject of joy because joy is all over the Christmas narrative. And today we're going to talk about the joy that can be in our heart when we share Jesus with others. Uh, a few years ago on America's Funniest Homes videos, probably one of my favorite little clips, it was this little boy coming down Christmas morning. Uh, he came down the stairs, the Christmas tree was there, presents were all under it, but he opened the biggest one first. And so he was tearing into this gift and wrapping paper was going everywhere and when he got it over, open, he was jumping up and down and he was shouting, wow, it's just what I wanted. Wow, it's just what I needed. And he kept jumping up and down and he looked at it again. And he turned around to his parents and he said, what is it? <laughs> well, on that first Christmas, the angels announced that God had sent a baby to the world, God's own son, and the heavens opened up, and all of heaven's praise fell out. Shepherds went running to Bethlehem to see what was happening, and for 2,000 years, people have been shouting, wow, it's just what I wanted, and exactly what I needed. That's what some of us have said. However, there are others who simply ask the question, what is it? What, what, what is this all about? I, I, I want to thank you for helping with Adopt-A-Family. What a wonderful event. Uh, our church, you guys gave $50,000 this year for Adopt-A-Family. Give yourself a big hand. And on Monday night, this building was filled with people, little kids coming and receiving a Christmas they would not receive otherwise. But I want you to know, there were some little kids who came Monday night who didn't know what this is all about. In fact, I know of one little girl, four years old, her grandmother and aunt brought her, four years old, the first time she had ever stepped foot in a church, and the first time she had ever heard about Jesus Christ. A lot of people don't know what this is all about. Well, let's discover what it's about today. Let's find the joy in Christmas. Open your Bibles with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. We see joy all over the biblical narrative of the birth of Jesus. In fact, last week we read about Mary. She discovered there is joy in serving God. God chose Mary to present to the world his son Jesus, just as he has chosen us to present to mankind God's son Jesus Christ. Mary found her serving sweet spot. And she showed us there is joy in serving God. Well, today we're going to find out there is also joy in sharing Jesus. We find this from this group of shepherds who were the first to hear and proclaim the good news of Jesus. Mary and Joseph are required to go to Bethlehem to register for a census being taken. So in the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy, Mary gives birth to Jesus, God's son, in Bethlehem. You know the story. There was no room for them in the inn, and so they're in a barn. 
And Jesus' first bed is a manger. I want to pick up reading in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. Look at verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Just a couple of things about verse number 8. The first thing is, there's something significant about these shepherds. Or should I say, there's something insignificant about these shepherds. According to the teachings of the rabbis of that day, shepherds were really low-class individuals. Their work made them religiously unclean. They couldn't even enter the temple. And typically, they were shunned socially. So if a mama is in the marketplace with her kids and some shepherds walk by, she'd say, kids, get away from them. They're shepherds. Don't, don't get near them. Huh? You know, there are people like that in our society that we kind of shun. And, and I got to thinking about that. You know, often we think in our culture, in order for the church to have an impact, we have to have an earthly advantage. I'll call it an earthly leverage. We think to ourselves, you know, if, if only Christians controlled the influential entertainment industry, if only we controlled the, the branches of our government, that we could really make a difference if we did that. At least that's what we think, don't we? Church, I, I'm here to remind you, the Bible teaches us that God's ways are not man's ways. And God is going to do something awesome in this story and in our world. But he's not going to do it through a king in a palace or priest in a temple. He's going to do it through these lowly shepherds. Dude, doesn't that excite you? It kind of revs my engine a little bit. Because that's the kind of people God uses and if God can use shepherds, you know what? He can use people from Midland, Texas. And Fort Smith, Arkansas. Huh? But not only is there something significant about the shepherds, there's also something pretty significant about the sheep they were watching. Many scholars believe that the sheep these shepherds were watching over were sheep that would be used in the daily sacrifices at the temple in Jerusalem. So just think about that. Grazing in these fields were sheep that would be offered as sacrifices in accordance with the law of Moses to make atonement for the sins of the people. And there they were right out there in these fields near Bethlehem. And right there in Bethlehem, God sent his son, the Lamb of Glory. The one who is above all others. The spotless lamb of God was lying in that manger. And 33 years later, he would atone for the sins of the world. As he hung on Calvary's cross and his precious blood fell on earth, he would make atonement for our sins. And in so doing, put those sheep out of business. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Well, I got a kick out of that. Only three of y'all did, so thanks, thanks for enjoying it with me. Now, let, let me keep reading right here in Luke's Gospel, this, this narrative. We just read verse 8, which says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. That's the shepherds. But look at verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, 
and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Well, I would be too, wouldn't you? But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told them of what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at the shepherds as they spoke to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for the things they had heard and seen, which were just as, get this, just as they had been told. And Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless your word Lord, help me, to, help me to speak this word in a way that makes sense and challenges our people to share you and thus receive that great joy. We ask it in your name. Amen. Real simple this morning. I want you to see from the Bible that there is joy when we share Jesus. We find real joy in our life when we tell other people about Jesus Christ. You see, joy is the inspiration for sharing Christ. Verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And so these shepherds are told the good news about great joy that was not only available to them, but for the whole world. This announcement then became the inspiration for them to go check things out. I mean, dude, let me tell you, if an angel appeared to me and told me something, I would want to go check it out too, wouldn't you? Okay. And so that was their inspiration to go and see if this was really true. And in verse 17 it says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. So what I want you to see is joy is the inspiration for sharing. But not only is it the inspiration, number two, joy is the motivation for sharing Christ. Joy, when, listen, when you've got joy in your heart, it's got to come out. It has to be expressed, right? I mean, when something really good happens to you, you just want to tell somebody about it. Come on, please help me out today. God, come on. Let, let's, say, let's say you have a baby. A baby is born into your family or maybe a grandchild. And, and, and there's no one nearby to tell. You're, you're, you hear this news and, and, and you know the baby's there, and, but you can't tell anybody because nobody's there. And then you see somebody, a total stranger. What do you do? Hey, dude, I just had a baby. <laughs> well, my wife had the baby. But anyway, it's, 
It's got to find an expression. That's what joy is. And I have discovered the best witnesses for Jesus Christ are people who have that joy in their heart. I mean, they love Jesus. There is true joy there. And it is their motivation for sharing Jesus. So joy is the inspiration for sharing Christ. It's the motivation for sharing Christ. But it's also the culmination of sharing Christ. Verse 20, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Friends, that's what real rejoicing looks like. I tell you, there is joy in sharing Jesus with other people. And there is even greater joy when those people we share the good news with believe and their lives are changed. That is joy unspeakable. Isn't that great? Now, let's go back to these shepherd guys. I want you to notice what effective witnesses these shepherds were. Witnesses that were inspired by the good news of great joy that will be for all people. Witnesses who discovered joy as they shared the good news as it was told to them. You know what? There is a bit of irony in this story. Remember that shepherds were not highly esteemed by other Jews. In fact, the rabbis, that is the preachers of that day, considered most of them to be religious outcasts. And on top of that, their testimony was not even admissible in a courtroom. Well, that may have been true in a courtroom, but these shepherds were actually great witnesses. And that's why God chose them, to be the first witnesses of Jesus Christ. Now, I say, well, what is a witness? Very simply, a witness is someone who knows something and says something. Just two things make a good witness. You know something and you say something. So that's pretty simple, isn't it? You can follow my outline then. (laughs) Point number one. A good witness is someone who knows something. And these shepherds knew something. Why? Because they had been told something. The angel appeared to them and told them something. What was it? Verse 10. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. Good news? Dude, we need that. (laughs) You need something this morning, I tell you Good news of great joy. And what was the good news of great joy? Verse 11. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Woo! That is great news, man. Today, this very day, the angel said, in that little town of David, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. Now, what is interesting to me is this angel is talking to these low-life shepherds. Can I, I'll step over here when I say these, these plain old ordinary dumb shepherd boys. That's who he's talking to. But you know what? He's saying something pretty significant to them. He is talking some theology to them. He is, he is manifesting some doctrine to these low-life shepherds. 
He is telling them something they need to hear in their head and process in their brain. He is calling this child, this baby, three names that are deeply rooted in the Word of God. You know, a name is very important, especially in the Bible. A name reveals something about the character and the nature of someone who is being named. And these three names represent all that Jesus Christ is to a lost and dying world. So Dr. Luke is giving us title upon title upon title of God's Son. And what is the first title? He says, He is a Savior. He is the Savior. A Savior has been born to you. And that word Savior tells us something about the deliverance that Jesus brought to this world. In fact, the angel announced this earlier to Joseph about Mary and the child. Angie quoted it, Matthew 1.21, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. We need to be saved from our sins. And Jesus is the only one who can do that because he is the only one qualified to do that. Why? Because he's Savior. He's Savior. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is, word number two, Christ. He is Christ. That says something about his destiny. Literally, the word means Messiah or the anointed one. We are repeatedly told that about Jesus in the Old Testament. He will be the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the anointed one. And then the angel uses the word Lord to describe him. He is Christ the Lord. And that tells us something about his deity. He is born Lord of all. He is born already possessing supreme, supernatural authority over all mankind. Church, let me remind you, Jesus died to take away our sins, and he rose again to give us life. And this phrase, Jesus is Lord, was the public confession of faith and actually a baptismal formula in the early church. Christians were recognized by their profession of faith. Jesus Christ is Lord. And I'm here to tell you he is the Lord. And so these shepherds know something because they've been told something. This is what the angel told them. But they come to know it in a more personal and intimate level. In fact, this knowledge becomes first-hand knowledge. Look at verse 15. Here's what they said to each other. Hey, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. So let me review very quickly. The angel told them something. He gave them information that they could process in their head. Right now all they have is a head knowledge. They've been told something. God has sent his son. He is a savior. Christ the Lord. Okay, so they have this head knowledge about God's son, Jesus. But then they went to Bethlehem and they saw the baby with their own eyes. And a transformation took place because they believed what the angel told them about God's son. He is God's son. He is a savior. He is Christ. He is Lord. 
And so that head knowledge was processed and it became a heart knowledge. Whatever distance I was going to measure, I guess it might be different for all of us, whether it's 12 inches or 18 inches or 16 inches or 2 feet. Whatever distance that is between your head and your heart, it makes all the difference in the world. And that's what happened to these shepherds. They heard what the angel told them, but then they went and saw it with their own eyes, and they believed. They believed, and it changed them. Guys, it's not enough to just hear the good news. You've got to believe the good news. You have to experience it personally for yourself for it to become true for you. I like what that old preacher used to say, you can't ride to heaven hitched to somebody else. It's got to be personal. You've got to believe. So get this. They were told, they heard, they saw, they believed. Today you're being told. I'm telling you the truth. A Savior was born. He is Christ the Lord. And I'm telling you the truth. For your life to be changed, you have to see Him and believe Him. And confess Him as Lord of your life. And if you do that, your life will be changed as well. That's exactly what happened to these shepherds. They became a witness for the Lord. Why? Because they heard, they saw, they believed. And then the second thing happened. A good witness is not only someone who knows something, a good witness is someone who says something. On a couple of occasions in my 56 years of life, I've been called on as a character witness in a courtroom. And so I would appear in court and I would say something about the person that was in the court, okay? Now, my understanding is a, a good character witness is someone who doesn't just have hearsay about the person in question. They know something about the person in question. And so that's what I was there to do. I was there to say something because I knew something. But a good witness doesn't just know something to be a good witness. He has to get up on the stand and say something. Are you with me? And that's exactly what these shepherds did. They made known to others what had been told them by the angels. Verse 17, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. So follow me. Just seeing the baby Jesus in the manger wasn't enough. That scene had no meaning without the explanation that had come from the angel. The angel had told them, a Savior is born. He's Christ the Lord. They went and checked it out. They saw that Jesus was there. So when they go out to spread the word, they talk about what was told them. Remember, it started with a head knowledge. They processed it intellectually. They saw Jesus. They believed Jesus. It went from a head knowledge to a heart knowledge. And then... There was so much joy in their heart, it had to come out. Because that's what the joy of the Lord is. Verse 20 says, these shepherds returned. What were they doing? Glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And I remind you, joy is the inspiration of our witness. It is the motivation of our witness, and it is the culmination of our witness. And I can tell you this, there is great joy in telling other people about Jesus. There's great joy in sharing Jesus. 
Because someone shared that great news with me, I have been spared a greater danger. I have been rescued from hell. Because somebody cared enough about me to share with me the good news of Jesus. And let me tell you, there's joy in sharing the good news. Are you with me? Are you with me? Uh, I woke up this morning at 3 o'clock. I don't typically wake up at 3 o'clock, let me tell you. As I get older, I need more sleep. It's kind of, it kind of reminds me of my dog, Rocket. Rocket is 16 years old. He sleeps all the time. Sometimes all I feel like doing is sleeping, you know? So when God woke me up at 3 o'clock this morning, and I mean, I, wa I was wide awake at 3 o'clock, and I knew it was going to do me no good to lie there in bed. So I got out of the bed, and I, I went in the living room, and uh, I prayed. I prayed for a long time, and then I studied my sermon, and then I prayed some more, and I went back in and tried to lay down, and I couldn't go back to sleep, so I got back up. Get, I prayed some more. I studied my sermon some more. I prayed some more. And, it, you know, it, it finally dawned on me, dude, you're up. <laughs> you know, there is no going back to bed. And, but I couldn't, I couldn't understand. I kept thinking, well, there's a reason for me being up, all right? This is str I never wake up at 3 o'clock. There's a reason for me being So I finally said, and I said out loud, okay, God, what's up? Why did you wake me up? What is it you want me to know? And Ronnie, it was, just, it was just as clear as day. God said to me, Will, when you preach that sermon this morning, I want you to make sure everybody in that church room understands two things. And so here are these two things God wants you to understand this morning. Number one, if you are here today without Jesus Christ, I present Jesus to you. Okay? Just as the angel told the shepherds. Again, I'm no angel. <laughs> Far from an angel. But I've got the same news for you. Can you see me in the balcony? I can't see you, but I hope you can see me. Here's the good news I got for you. A Savior was born 2,000 years ago. He is Christ the Lord. And if you have never accepted him as your personal Lord and Savior... I'm asking you to do that today. Invite Jesus into your heart. It's as simple as ABC. Admit that you're a sinner. B, believe that Jesus can save you. And C, confess your sins to him and confess him as Lord of your life. If you've never done that, I plead with you to do that today. You need to be saved. That's the first thing God wanted me to make sure you heard today. Your life can be changed today. Jesus can save you. He can turn everything around, man. You can walk out of this building today knowing that your sins are forgiven and that you're going to heaven. Along with that, if you're a Christian, but you know what? You've drifted back into a life of sin and things aren't right between you and the Lord. Would you come down here today and confess that to the Lord? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the first thing... God wants you to know today is you can be saved. Would you be saved? The second thing he said is, well, make sure, make sure that they understand that they are my witnesses. Did you hear that? If you're a Christian, you're a witness for Jesus. And there is joy in telling other people about Jesus. And maybe if you don't have that joy in your heart, it's because you've You've repressed it. 
you've pushed it down. And when you look in the mirror, you don't see joy. You need to open up your heart and let that joy flow out, man. <laughs> Please, right now, do it. <laughs> there is joy in knowing Jesus. And there is joy in sharing Jesus. And here's what I believe. Right when I said that, you knew someone in your heart and in your mind that you need to share the good news with. It could be a family member, a neighbor, a co-worker. God put someone in your mind just then when I said that, that you need to pray for this morning. So would you come and pray for them and also ask God to help you be a good witness?